Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of Unbothered by Ty Rivera. As always, coming to you from high atop Ty Rivera Studios, a.k.a. Casa de Bijou. And today is a big day because we have the current winner, current champion for the San Francisco comedy competition... (laughs) Mr. Alex Elkin. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you know, Ty, it's actually it's it's actually kind of a, a dream come true to be in Casa de Bijou. I've been a listener for a long time. Thank you. I've, I've followed through the, the ups and downs that we don't need nobody to do a podcast, baby. To the, we're going to have a guest and, you know, sit here. I was worried that you wouldn't have me on because 99.9% of the time we agree with each other. So this podcast could be boring as shit because it could be just you and me going, "Uh uh-huh, I know, right? I'm sure we'll find something to argue about. There's got to be some point where we'll hit a soft spot. So we just got to hope for the soft spot. That's all. Um, Where's your wife? (laughs) You shut up. There was a second where I wondered where my wife was, too. When you asked that, I was like, where is she? (laughs) It's a question we all ask ourselves at one point in in our lives. Where's my wife? <laughs> She's making sandwiches. She'll be <laughs> she'll be out later. <laughs> Here's yeah. what I wanted to talk to you about because you are one of the people. For those of you that don't know, Alex has his own podcast. Off and on, yeah, it's uh, it's the Hackcast because you know, hey, it's a couple of comics with a podcast. What's new, you know? But uh, you know, you're such an inspiration. I kind of want to do you know, what like Ty Rivera does, you know, and just kind of say it as it is, you know, I really like that. And I think the podcast is just a great format to do that because you don't have any, you don't have the, the loud mouths out there shutting you down right away. They can do it to their pod, their iPod, but you know, for the most it's part, it's too late. I already yeah, said it, I said it, <laughs> it's, uh, it's out there. You, the letter is mailed. Yeah. You shouldn't have, well, there's nothing you could have done to stop me. That's just what it was. It happened. You know, isn't that, that's the problem though, isn't it Ty? They want to stop you. You, you're to be stopped. Well, that's really what, what bothers me the most. And that's why it's called unbothered. Cause it's like, I'm going to say it. And then once I say it, I'm going to feel better about it. And I don't care how you feel. I'm unbothered. You know, then I'm unbothered. <laughs> no, I understand that. <laughs> what, what kind of frightens me, and I use the word frightened, uh, and I don't use it often, but what frightens me is, is this other side that suddenly gets to say, you can't say that. And when, even if you do say it, they can gather enough people and enough resistance to basically burn your life, shut you down, take away your sponsors, you lose your income and your background and everything you have because they disagree with your words. And that's why when it comes to even performing, I want to start doing more independent where I book the theater type of thing because working for the comedy clubs are great and it's it's a really nice, comfortable way to, you know, be able to be like, okay, I have this club I'm going to go to that's a dedicated space for comedy. But at the same time, if enough people call and complain to the club, the club's going to pull your dates. That's the problem. Yeah. They have that power. Yeah, so I'm trying to take that completely away from them. And right now, with most of the clubs I work, because I work with people, work for people like uh, Laughs in Tucson, yeah. and you know, Gary is so great. I, I mean, like, not everybody is on board with Gary's, I guess, 
you would say conversational style or the way he always deals with people. But with me, I'm great with him because he's really straightforward. And his thing is, if he likes your comedy, he doesn't care who calls, who complains, who says what. He likes your comedy, and that's just what's going to happen. That's fantastic for a booker and a club owner to have the balls in sand to do that. Oh, yeah. In this day and age where everybody, you know, it's like people walk in, like they're modern-day mobsters, and they're like, hey, it's a nice place you got here. It'd be a real shame if somebody gave it a two-star Yelp review. You know? And it's like, oh, oh, please, don't. What do you need? Anything you want. You wouldn't do that, you bastard. You wouldn't do that. It's like, please. Oh, you don't believe I would? Anything but social media. My trans friend over here says I would. That's right. That's right. My trans friend over here says that he, she's quite offended by you not acknowledging how that, uh, you know, he, she works. And what's with these bathrooms? Yeah, right? And how come there ain't no ramp? What for to get up into your building establishment? Right? And, and then suddenly it's like, well, well, you know, Uncle Government comes down and says, well, you're fined $300,000. We don't make $300,000. Well, then you're done. That's the point. <laughs> That's why you're fine. <laughs> right. Did I say 300? I meant 400. <laughs> right. So good for those comedy club owners and bookers to say, you know what? Your, your safe space, little safety pin, you know, uh, social justice warrior bullshit doesn't belong here. You know? And I think people have a lot of the same problem with you that they have with me and the fact that we're both funny. So it's like you're not going to be able to stop us from doing what we do when it comes down to it. It's like people laugh at it. People like it. And when it comes down to it, there's nothing hateful about what either of us do on stage or even in private. It's a, it all comes from just a like, we're all living in this world together. I'm allowed to have an opinion just like you're allowed to right. have an opinion. Why is it your opinion is allowed to be heard, but mine is not? Right. Right. We're all human. We all... Uh we all feel the same feelings, right? We all know what it's like to be ostracized. We all know what it's like to be crushed. And we all know what it's like to be uplifted and edified. Mm -hmm. You know, we all share that thing as part of humanity, you know? And so it's, it's a shame when one group gets to tell another group, your feelings don't matter. Yeah. Your thoughts don't matter. Yeah. And not only do your feelings not matter, they can't even be heard. It's one and thing it, to be like, you know, okay, well, I hear what you're saying, but... I completely don't subscribe to it. And it's another thing to say, you can't even say it in the first place. I don't even like where you're going right now, so please shut up. And it's like, and it's not even please shut up, it's just shut up. That's what, like coming back to what we were talking about in the beginning. It's the other side saying, you can't even say that. Mm -hmm. And it's when we shut down conversation and stop giving thought and ideas merit is when we have this you know, society that just says, Okay. And it's also the most dangerous thing you can do, in my opinion, because that's where terrorism in a lot of cases comes from. Right, because you get groupthink and then mob mentality. And, and what happens after that? And suddenly other people have to go underground and then they're planning devious shit because they think, and I'm not saying I'm that type of person because I'm just not, I don't have it in me to be a terrorist. You know, I'm just, I got shit to do in a day. Do you know how heavy those bombs are? <laughs> yeah, I'm already carrying a lot of extra weight. I couldn't imagine another 170 <laughs> pounds of C4. You know, I go in to buy fertilizer. Look at me. It's going to be like, well, you don't <laughs> look. Oh, we understand. You need help, sir? Oh, never mind. I'm sure you've got plenty in the truck. Look, sir. You're <laughs> <laughs> We're not even going to sell this to you because we know you're going to do something bad with it. There's no reason for you to have fertilizer. 
it's it's a real shame that uh, that we have to be censored. Now, the other day on Facebook, I think uh, I think that something happened between you and you and I, or at least you and or me and one of uh, one of your other my friend Edie. I love Edie. Okay, I don't know Edie. And this is why 99% of the time I don't post on your shit because it gets lost in translation. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, in person, this would be fucking hilarious. But, but it gets lost. In, I didn't know who Edie was. I didn't care what color she was. It was, to, to put it in context, you were talking about how white men basically, oh, wait, am I explaining this for you? I'm sorry. No, have no, no. at it. Have at it, white man. <laughs> no, 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 fucker. <laughs> I'm not falling into that please, bear trap. Please, mansplain to me. Please, white explain to me what it was I was saying. <laughs> That's for, the best. For the white listeners out there, uh, no, you, you explain what was going on. Yeah, uh, what did I post exactly? Let me. Well, you were talking about how some, there's always a white, white man to privilege. come in and fucking explain something. Yeah, and it, it, there was a whole, you know, like, because here was my thinking on it. Um, I'll explain also where it came from. And um, I should have had it pulled up because I knew that I, we I'm were going to talk. I no, I knew we were going to talk about we it. Well, to. I was hoping that we would talk about it because yeah. I was like, I really want to figure not figure that out because to me like, no, but it, it should be explained because i feel like on my end there was a loose end and you know that there wasn't any kind of stupid racial animosity it was coming out of it, it, it just got out of context i can explain what happened but you won't but my whiteness for some reason is blocking me in this room Will there's like some sort of shut up there's it's some sort of anti-white kryptonite it's crypto white Okay, it's it's white, and I can't, I can't explain things because I've been too privileged. It's Bijou's power. Bijou's a Chihuahua, staring right at she's me. She's a full Chihuahua. Yeah, and she's staring she's right at me. Very Mexican, and she's not. She's my little. She looks like she's ready to just like she's looking for you to give the nod. She, you know, like she, you just let me know when he fucked up because I will be on his throat like that. Don't even worry. I got your back, baby. She's my spirit animal. <laughs> okay, yeah, this is what I posted. It's nice to know that no matter how well you explain yourself, a white man will always know better than you. Even if all they know is their limited experience, which includes being a white man in America. I'm not usually one to throw around the term white privilege, but it is an actual thing, and white people do get coddled a lot in this country. Anyway, happy Saturday. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> all right. We're going to need you to not put your cotex in the urinal. <laughs> I know. It's just so... My whole tone is... <laughs> That's why I love it. That's why I want to be a part of it, but I, I know I shouldn't. I really shouldn't. But what I said was... What did I say? I said something... Oh, I said, hi. Oh, I said, hi, I just got here. What's going... Oh, never mind. You know, just like the white guy walks into the room. Uh-huh. And then somebody wrote, agreed. And then... And then you wrote, I agree. You remember well, because I'm reading it right now. Right, you wrote, <laughs> because it's been living rent-free in my head for like a week, man. I've been sitting here going, how am I going to explain this? Look, so, so she, somebody said, uh, agreed. Somebody said, I agree. 
And no, then, she put agreed, and then she put, or is it agree? And I've often wondered that, too. Right. And so I put, I wonder the same thing sometimes, and then you So come this in. is where I swooped in as the white mansplaining the whole, <laughs> I just wrapped it up into a goddamn nugget. If you were doing improv, it'd be called a Howard. It was just from beginning to, it was the alpha and omega of the joke, man. I was just saying, let me explain this for you. It's either agreed or I agree. And I said to you, Brown, people and then she got offended because she's not brown she's german and it's like i'm jewish and it's like well let's talk about some shit but i said no you know what i erased it and i just put, and then you you stepped in <laughs> i said, and said don't get in your feelings or overstep <laughs> don't get in your that's what i didn't understand i was like all right how do i respond to this and i'm like uh, you know it's not worth it because I don't want to get into a fight over it. Me neither. And that's what, because <laughs> here's what had happened, like, that you maybe didn't see. I had a few people that I usually am cool with turn on me on that one. So when you chimed in, I was like, ah, not you too. Because right. here's, a, I'm not a snowflake at all. No. You know? And I had one friend that I've known for, I consider him a good friend, you know, um, he's a guy that I've worked for in Fresno. He owns a club and uh, we've always had a good relationship and he came at me with the snowflake and the buttercup. Oh, that was him. Yeah. Okay, because I read that. Yeah, and yeah. he's uh, he's an actual friend. I'll I'll get him on text, not you know, in the in the near future, and talk to him and straighten it out. But for me, that's one thing because you know I don't have a real side. I go with whatever I'm feeling or what I notice from people, and there is it, where that came from. The post even originally came from was I had posted about or talked about my feelings on suicide. Yeah. And just, you know, how I'm not really sympathetic to suicide, you know, the people that commit suicide. And I understand with the families and stuff like that. And obviously, if I met somebody's family that had committed suicide, I wouldn't bother well, you sharing. You know, spout your opinions right there. That's not unless they ask you. Exactly. You know, yeah, but this is your page and you'll say what you want. Yeah. And we were talking <laughs> about celebrity suicide, which to me is even worse because it's like if you're a celebrity and you don't like your, your reality, change it. Like over, he had over $20 million, you know, when he died. It was, I think it was closer to 60 is what I read. Well, what does that prove? That, you know, money's not really what it, where it's at. You know, it's not, he and, obviously had problems, he had troubles. I think what, what the problem is, is, you know, when we Facebook it, and we social media-ize it, we, we turn it around and we just put ourselves in this mirror and we say, well, remember when we went through this? Remember, remember when our brother went through? Remember when I was depressed and I, and I wanted to come? And we just internalize it and then suddenly it's this personal attack. And that's exactly what it is. And it's like, I'm not talking to you. I wasn't thinking about you. I didn't even know you existed or you had those feelings. And you know? I'm, I'm, I'm with you, man. I don't friend people because you're following me here. Yep. You're following me. Mm -hmm. I didn't ask for you to come, hey, listen to my bullshit. Yeah. No, you saw me once. You friended me. You thought I was funny. Well, here's what my mind goes once in a while. I'm very careful about like even accepting the friend request yeah, now because really? I'm I don't well, send I, out the I don't send out the friend request um, unless it's like a comic that I know and like something like or that or it's somebody that can do something for you. Oh yeah, that's what I you know that's what I do. But when it comes to even accepting friend requests, I've gotten careful about that. Like today. I accepted a few because, you know, just yesterday was when I was getting into it with the oh, yeah. feminist or whatever. Yeah, yeah Arizona. Yeah. And, um, the whole state. <laughs> I woke up to a bunch of friend requests, which I'm still getting friend requests. Right. 
And I was like, you know, I'll accept a few of these, especially if they're from Arizona, because they probably feel me and are like comics that are, because I got a lot of comics hitting me up, private message, like, I feel exactly what you're saying. I'm just so glad you can say it because there's mm -hmm. no consequence for you. If I say it, I'm going to be fucked. Right. So I had a lot of that. And so I was, you know, I accepted a couple friend requests and then this guy immediately trolls me. And I was just like, I looked through his pictures and stuff, not only for ammo in case we argue, oh yeah, but just to see who it was I was dealing with. And it was like, you're a grown man with a wife and kids. You're adding people just to troll them. Get a life. Wow. You know, I went through the same exact experience not even a couple of weeks ago with a guy that saw my album cover and decided that it, you know, it was terrible. It just looks awful and it's, you know, it's shitty and you're ugly and, you know, personal attacks. And it's like, okay, well, where's your album cover? You know, I didn't, I didn't notice it, you know. Uh, and and it, just, it just spiraled into this really hateful thing where he was just following me constantly. And then when my middle child got baptized, I put pictures of that on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And he started writing satanic shit in my comment section. Now, I, don't, I rarely block people, but you know what? This was one occasion where I was like, buddy, you got no business here. This is my, these are my, you can call me ugly all you want. I can take your slings and arrows. Mm -hmm. I'm a comic. I've dealt with worse by better, you know? And <laughs> you're not going to do this to my kids. And I did the same thing you did. I, I checked him out. Mm -hmm. Here's a guy who went to the U of O, graduated with a film degree, and he's do, currently driving Lyft. And he's unhappy because his wife is probably going out and making the money so that they can raise their ugly troll baby yeah. compared to my child. I'm sorry. You've seen pictures. Come on. Right? Yeah. I don't even want people to show me pictures of their baby because it's like, no, it's just going to embarrass it. Stop. <laughs> right? Your baby won't you, you, measure up. You, yeah. Unless it's, your baby literally has a candle in its hand. <laughs> so... I didn't, you know, I, I, I kind of, you know, I went in there and I told him, look, I know you're angry because you're not doing what you love for a living. You're seeing somebody that's out there doing what they love for a living, making, paying their bills with it, spending time with their family and, you know, growing in the society and the, you know, the peers that they, that they work with. And you want that and you can't have it because you're not doing it and you're angry, you know, but keep my kids out of it. Did he block? Oh, just Bye block Felicia. Them. Yeah. yeah. Then, Bye Felicia. You know, depending on the day, I have no real rule on that. Some days I'll put up with people, some days I block right away. It depends on the day for me. You know, I'm not I'm not a slow I wouldn't describe myself as slow to blo block. It really just depends on the day. I won't block anybody because I think they've got me. Once I've ended them, though, I will block for sure. Yeah. You know, it's never like a, oh, you Finish got me. Yeah. It's never an, oh, you got me, I'm going to block you. It's a, like, I won. There's yeah. nothing else for us to talk about. Yeah, and, and when you're sitting here arguing with the civilians, you know, people that are not comics, uh, I mean, you're just wasting your time anyway. Or if you're dealing, well, I, I don't even call them comics. You know, if you deal with the open micers that want to sit here and fight you, which, you know, if you, I, I'd love to hear more about Arizona. This could lead us into, because the ideal, I don't want to say ideal, because I try to step back and stay out of the drama uh, less than you do with what you say. Everybody does. Right. <laughs> I think but I'm one so of them. it's so much fun. You, you have just, you know what? You should buy stock in Orville Redenbacher <laughs> because people are buying so much popcorn. <laughs> To watch your threads getting people riled up and their feathers run. But I'm so in agreement with you about this comedy thing. Anybody that prints out a business card or takes a picture of themselves at an open mic on Facebook is suddenly a comedian. And the problem with that, and I know you know this, and I hope, I hope I'm not overstepping, but it's we don't have 
degrees. We don't have fucking, you know, a statement saying, I'm a professional comedian, I'm with the union. All we have is our name and our acts. And if anybody can just go out there and say, well, I'm a comedian, they go out there and they shit the bed at night after night. You're not a comedian and you're ruining it for the rest of us. Yeah, well, that's what happened with a lot of L.A. comics at a point. Now, L.A. comedy, I can honestly say, has gotten a lot better. But when I first got here and when you were living here... Um, there were a lot of L.A. comics that were scamming pe- people, basically, because that was right before YouTube became what it was right. and, you know, bookers could really get clips. Like, so if you had a good deceptive tape, that's all the booker had to go on. You know, honestly, listen, if L.A. comics are listening, um, when you go to apply for work outside of the state, I wouldn't even mention you're an L.A. comic. And this is coming mm-hmm. from people that I, I work a lot of stuff outside of California. Mm-hmm. And when you mention you're from L.A., they don't even want to look at you because they call And I'll quote them. You're an 11-minute wonder with a 10-minute tape. Yep. You're all ready for Conan, but you can't close a show. Mm-hmm. You know? And the fact of the matter is, you know, road dogs like me, yeah, I'm dusty and I'm overweight and stuff, but I will close the shit out of your show. And one day, all this work that I'm putting in, that you're putting in, making names for ourselves in these little cities, they're going to tell their friends, and one day we'll be selling out theaters just like Carlin did, and fuck everybody else on the outside that had to do it the bitch way. Oh, yeah, and that's exactly what it is. And that does bother me about where open micers are right now, where they think that they can talk shit to road comics. It's like, oh, I'm sorry I work. Like, you're mad at me for working? I got one question. How's your day job? Yeah. Well, a lot of times, you know, they're working two and three day jobs because living in L.A. is not cheap. Right. And you got to support your habit. And that's what this is. It's your habit. Mm -hmm. And until you start paying Verizon with your comedy, you're not. Look, I just can't give it to you. I can't just say I have slept in too many cars at too many road stops. I've I've been stiffed by too many people in Eustis, Nebraska. I've hit too many goddamn deer. To let you step up because you go up once a month, shit the bed into a microphone, offend people that are buying drinks, that are paying for the electricity to put that microphone on for you while you go up and be an artist for three minutes offending people to call yourself a comic. Oh, fuck but you. we're the offensive ones. No, fuck you. Yeah. You know? No, we're the offensive ones. I put band-aids on my kids' knees. It. I put band-aids on my kids' knees. I'm not a fucking surgeon. And furthermore, if, uh, if I called myself a surgeon and every time somebody came under my knife and I killed them, I'm not a fucking surgeon. Mm-hmm. And if I go out every 30 days and shit the bed and not do jokes and make people laugh, I'm not a comedian. They refuse to accept it. This is elitist. And why? <clears throat> it's what, elitist. What is the problem with n- accepting the fact that, look, maybe you're just not good at this thing? You know, when I, I don't understand really even the respecting the process part because for the longest time, I was very clear with people about the fact that I was an open micer. And then when I stopped being an open micer in my mind, I had graduated to being an aspiring comedian. Like these were you, my wording, my you're, words. You're absolutely, I do, you know, I do something similar. It's really inter- it's interesting how attuned we kind of are. Uh, forgive me, but, it, you know, I don't call myself a headliner. Mm-hmm. I'm a closer. Okay. Mm-hmm. A headliner is a Louis C.K., a Dave Chappelle, a Tim Allen, somebody that when they put their name on the marquee, people come. We have a similar stance on that. I'm but not a headliner, I, I headline. Cl- I will close the fuck mm-hmm. out of your show. And I don't care who I follow. And I proved it the night at the comedy store when I went up after Joe Rogan, Chris D'Elia, Judd Apatow, and 15 minutes of Bill Burr and still fucking crushed it. Yeah. It's not patting myself on the back. It's just fact. Well, that's just what it is. Ten years ago, I'll admit it, I couldn't do that. Mm -hmm. But because I put in the time and the work, my preparation and my opportunity met up at the same time and I had a success. 
And that's really what it is and what these people don't get. It is There is natural talent there as well, but there's also a lot of putting in the work. And it does take eating shit at certain times on the road and figuring <laughs> out your timing. And like you said, with the sleeping at truck stops, like I do that all the time. I don't stay in, like a lot of people I know, I can always tell when people aren't really used to being on the road because they're like, you know, well, on the way there, we'll stop off and, you know, just get a cheap motel. And it's like, no, we don't spend any money on motels. Doesn't it boggle your mind when comics go do work at casino and then they spend their check at the casino gambling? Makes no sense at all. What are you doing? Yeah. I don't understand that. I work with um, I work with people that are like coming through. I book a little room, or or I'm doing a casino, and they're coming up because they're doing a triple run or something. They're making maybe three hundred dollars to do two thousand miles. Mm-hmm. Why? And you don't even have a T-shirt to sell. What are you? Wh- wow. Yeah. You know, and you're gonna come in and waste everybody's time by being drunk on stage, or coming in in flip flops and shorts, or 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 right. And it is. <clears throat> excuse me. It is or 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 and also. The other thing that I've seen happen with, and I don't get it when it's actual comics that have been headlining for a while, where they are so caught up on gambling that they can't get them out of the casino for the show. <laughs> I know. Wow. And then there, that makes the bookers be like extra like militant with us when it comes to like, you know, okay, well, we can't pay you until, and it's like... I'm not that loser, but you can't blame them because it's like they've had it happen before. There's so many comics out there. There's so many people willing to step up and fill that position. 90% of this business, you know, is showing up and being available, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's so easy for somebody to come in and take your place. I can't imagine letting your guard down for a minute and becoming an uncontrollable alcoholic or a problem gambler or, you know, a, a, a sex offender, you know, a real one. Not, yeah. these, not these ones that are getting accused. And I don't know if you want to get into that dirty dream subject, but I'm with <laughs> you, man. The, you know, these bitches are going on a witch hunt, you know? And, and I will tell you something, 10 out of 10 times when the woman is accusing the guy of being a, a sexual uh, predator and they haven't had sex yet, and sometimes they have, the guy's unattractive. That's all it is. Oh, yeah. They're ashamed with the fact that they either did something or was approached by this person, and the only way they can do it is just publicly cry out, this person's dangerous. And suddenly it's like, well, how do you take off that stinking coat? It's like you call somebody a racist. Well, that person's a racist now. How do you tell them they're, how do you show you're not a racist now? Yeah, and a lot of times it is questionable, and I hate that we're not allowed to question it. We're not supposed to question it, and it's like... Oh, that's victim-blaming, Tom Yeah, that wasn't even, like, what you're saying to me isn't sexual assault, or isn't it, like, there there is such a thing as a guy just being a creep, but really, if we had every guy that had ever been creepy not working we'd pretty much just have a bunch of out-of-work guys because every guy has been creepy at some point at in some his life. point. Even the really cute ones have creeped on somebody sure. where it was just like, oh, you're a creep. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, have to, I have to pull back my creepiness because I already have a creepiness that, that precedes me. <laughs> I have creep-seeding behavior. <laughs> and so it just shows up in the room and they're like, oh. Oh, your reputation your, creep seeds you. That's sir. right. Your <laughs> reputation creep seeds you, which is what I meant to say. Fuck you. Anyway, <laughs> it's so great. Uh, but that, and that's so I can't be creepy. Like, and plus I'm married. I, you know, your pussy powers don't work on me. I'm I'm so married. You know, it just doesn't it doesn't matter to me. 
But then you are very married. Like you're an actual family. <laughs> We're going 15 years in February, and uh, yeah, we got three kids and 12, nine, and whoops, <laughs> 18 months. So, but she's our girl, and I'm really excited. You know, because I always, I always wanted a girl. Uh-huh. I did, and and now we have our girl, and she's just. She's brilliant, you know? She's brilliant, and she's beautiful, and she's charismatic, and she's a year and a half, and she's already picking up things and, you know, picking up on things and understanding and speaking and communicating and just so much faster than the boys, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, you know, an interesting fun fact about you is you really did book me on my first, like, paid gay show. I was going to ask you about that because I listened to that show and I was like, how come this fucker ain't talking about the fact that I booked that show? How come I can't get any love on Unbothered? I was bothered. I was fucking hashtag bothered. <laughs> unbothered. Bothered by unbothered. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I was sitting there listening to it, remembering everything that happened. And you know what? You spoke the truth. Thank That's you. That's exactly how it happened. I That's wanted exactly- to mention you because the funniest thing in the world that happened, and I don't remember if I mentioned it because I was trying to, the only reason I I didn't want want to mention your name was so that you wouldn't kind of get thrown under the bus if I said like the wrong thing or whatever. No, I understand. But uh, like one of the funniest things like it's just stuck in my mind is you were dressed really nice. You were wearing a tie. And do you remember when Christian Sherm was trying to get around you so that she could like finish that fight or get into that yes, fight? Yeah. And she grabbed you by the tie. That's and right. It was so <laughs> Fred Flintstone, you know, just ah, Barney, tighten around your neck yeah. and Goink. she just like, yeah. I just remember that visual of your like your face when like a little bit blue. You yeah, know? yeah, no, it was total like, Fred Flintstone. <laughs> my pebbles, you know. Oh, it was the best and the worst. But it was the best, you yeah, know. Yeah, that guy was pissed. <laughs> she was such a butch lesbian. That guy was pissed. <laughs> and that was the trigger, though. As, even though Jen does a million fat jokes, it was the tri- trigger when Christian was like, "Yeah, you're fat and you just eat all the time." And she did like the eating hands, like the little T Rex. <laughs> She had her elbows up, chicken wings like baseball practice. <laughs> and Jen was like, "That's it, bitch!" And oh, grabbed that's the line. It's <laughs> like, "That's it, really? That's it? your whole act is about being fat." You call somebody skinny, bitch. The whole uh, oh, it was. I know best. it's funny. It's fun. I don't know why we're you know we can make it's it's like you know, do you have any brothers or sisters? Oh yeah, I have sisters. Oh wait, yeah, you're Hispanic, of course. Um, well, you shut up. <laughs> No, but, you know, it's like you can say something about your sister, but you'll be damned if somebody else says something about your sister, mm-hmm. right? It's kind of, I think that's the way for fat people. I've got a thicker skin, no pun intended, because I'm a comic, and I've had shit. <laughs> I was going to say, of course you do. Yeah. That's how childish I am. Right, you know? right. I know, yeah. <laughs> I've done comedy behind chicken wire. I'm all right, you know. I, you know, <laughs> I can handle it. But, um, but it's like... Other people, they can make fun of themselves, and it, it almost gives license to other people to do it. But when they do it, it's like, oh, no, you don't, you know? <laughs> That's, no, only I get to talk about me and my high cholesterol, you know? I and really, it's not like fat people are, a, are an, you know, I mean, some of them are fun to be around. I consider myself rather jovial, but, you know... For the most part, the really, really large ones are unpleasant to be around. And it's hard to say that in truth, but, you know, that's one of the things that, uh, 
that I've noticed you have no problem saying. Well, people, and, see, here's where I get annoyed. Because, like, when it comes to a particular person that was a big woman, um, when I was on the road with her, she would walk around in the hotel room topless. And I was very uncomfortable. How could you tell? Will you shut up? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just imagining that. I've never seen a sweater that meaty before. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just imagining that goat in Guatemala that was born with one eye, you know? Just just everything sort of (laughs) melded together in the middle to form one giant nipple. It was so uncomfortable, though. And, like, if I, like... If I had been a woman and it was a guy walking with their pants off, that would have been unacceptable and creepy. <laughs> because, you know, I, but it was like, I don't want to look at your fat, fat lady titties. I don't. <laughs> what did you call? Oh, yeah. I really want to rub up against your bitch. Titties. Yeah. You're, <laughs> this bitch's udders were just constantly <laughs> out. And this uh, was out a lot. And I just felt so uncomfortable. <laughs> and I know that somebody's going to get mad because, um, you know. Well, just a second here. Yeah, before you... The look. woman's... The female's body is beautiful. And it's... <laughs> shut up. Not yeah, unclutch your pearls and put away your... Well, I never. Because, <laughs> you, you know, I think, I, think, uh, I think DJ Sandu said it best today on Facebook. If you've met and talked with Ty for over five minutes... I can't believe you let anything he says bother you anymore. You know? Yeah. And I really feel like everybody should just leave me alone. I'm basically like, you know, your old racist grandmother or something. Like, you just have to be like, yeah, she does that. You know? Right, right. But she cooks good. So. Yeah, like... And yeah. I'm not going to And that's all right because there's a place for that. And getting back to our original topic... There's groups that just want to completely shut that down. And I just can't agree with that because whether you agree or disagree, at least it's another form of thought. Mm -hmm. And Joan Rivers and Don Rickles both died. So somebody's got to fill that void. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think, I don't don't even want to talk about him because I don't want to get back to him. But this is just, okay. All right. So there's a Don Rickles impersonator comic. And... After Rickles died, he talked about, you know, how, how influential Rickles was on his career and, you know, how he really meant something to him. And, and then at the very end, he, he ended it with, I'll take it from here. <laughs> now, if you're not looking at Tyra Bear's <laughs> eyes right now, it literally got 30 degrees colder in here. <laughs> there is so much goddamn shade in here right now. Well, because I loved Rickles. We and should have some country time lemonade. Yeah, nobody's going to take it from here. Right. Or, yeah, right. it's like, what are you talking and about? And here, here's the capper, and this is the embarrassing part. Not once, but like several times. He'd been physically escorted out of Rickles' shows for being, you know, the guy that's like, hey, hockey puck, I do you, you know? <laughs> oh, no, oh, those it. people. You know, I'm so tired of the people that need to be removed. I, I can't wait till I can have people removed because, well, I can to a certain degree, but I mean, like, I can have people removed to a certain degree, but they really have to fuck up. I can't wait until I can just make sure that they're completely not ever around me. It's like, you don't even get close. Yeah, you're, you're George Lopez, you know, where it's just like, ah, ah, fuck you, you're gone. Yeah, and it's usually other comics that will get on my nerves. That's why I kind of oh, get yeah. it when, because... Um, 
You know, a friend of mine yesterday posted, and I'm not throwing him under the bus, and I don't fucking care, but he posted that, like, a bigger comic had had him and his other comic friend kicked out of the green room um, when he showed up. And was, was it, Were they performing? I believe they were performing maybe on the earlier show, and then he came in on the later show and was like, you know, it's all me now, boo. Um, but... There's a part of me that wants to be on their side, but there's a bigger part of me that feels like, yeah, I know you're cool, but he doesn't know you're cool, and you never know what's going to happen. And some of these comics will get real disrespectful in the way that they deal with you just because you're both in the green room and we're both comics, or they'll start asking you for shit, and it's like, now I'm uncomfortable because, no, I'm not going to take you on the road. I've never met you. And I know if that's happening at my level, if you're at that level you know like big comic then you really get uncomfortable you know because there are people that are shameless and have no filter at all they'll just ask you for stuff yeah and because you've gotten on stage and made a few people laugh or your coworkers think you're funny suddenly there's this entitlement you know this well you know i look i'm funny so i need where's my tv show and they're forgetting there's a business side to show business this is you you know what have you done for that club a lot of if you ask if you ask somebody what's the most important thing about stand-up comedy and they'll tell you well being funny bullshit bullshit you know what that club owner wants he wants butts in the seats and people buying drinks he wants people spending their money that's why i can't get mad when these youtube stars and uh when vine was still around vine stars used to headline the clubs because the thing is, they really do pack out the club. They do sell tickets. So while I want to be mad at them, there's a part of me that's like, well, that's exactly what the club needs people to do is bring bring actual audience. Yeah, you know, unless they bump me at my weekend, I can't be mad at them either because at least they're bringing money to those clubs that will later on pay me. There's 52 weeks out of that year. Yeah. And somebody's going to fuck up. And they do use a lot of that money to make up for, like they use the sold out ones to make up for the ones that don't necessarily sell right. out in some cases. And they're, they're, you know, they're, they're going to be flashing the pans. You know, I mean, I, I, I made the joke, you probably had one too, about I've spent 20 years trying to be a famous stand-up comedian, and all I had to do was go full retard at Chewbacca mask on YouTube, <laughs> you know? And then she's on every late-night talk show. She's doing clubs. Yeah. What's your, what's, your, what's your bit? Who wrote for you? What are you doing? Yeah, well, <laughs> I worked for a headliner where I had to do 40 minutes as the feature because they were doing, if we were lucky, 25. Mm-hmm. 30 was like, there were, and you were still maybe crushing them, one right? weekend. Yeah. Making them dance. Yeah, but the best part um, about that was at least that particular headliner was not a hater at all. So he didn't have them put the brakes on me in any way. He was just like, you know, yeah, let him do his thing until I get here. And he would be late coming in because I guess he didn't want any chance of his set starting on time. Right. But, wow. you know, he was the one Are you? Was, can I ask you... I mean, at your level, you've got, you've got TV credits, you're known throughout the nation, you're working major clubs, you're making a name for yourself. And, you know, this is from, I mean, we, we go back to Romano's, and, you know, yeah, in the Mo Negro Valley. Yeah, <laughs> you know? me being brand new. Being brand new, brand new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you noticing now that... Uh, Am I getting bitter? Am I getting desperate? Do I ever want to cut myself late at night in front of my small dogs? <laughs> 
Do I ever cut myself later? The way Bijou just pulled her bed away, I'm assuming you already do. (laughs) Is that why I'm touching my upper thighs right now? Is because they're sore from all the cutting? I thought it was my my beautiful hair. A little of both, really. A little of both. (laughs) Do I get tired of open micers acting like they know more than they know? Do I get tired of um, people on the Phoenix scene... Doing too much. You know, I'm going to want to talk about the Phoenix thing really quick, though. Yeah. Here's the thing that bothered me the most once I realized what I was into. Because the first thing I did was comment and treat that person as a comic. And then I realized that I was not at all on a comic thread. These were just a bunch of girls. Like, the main girl, the the one that posted was supposed to be a comic. But oh, so everybody else was just civilians throwing in their two cents. Yeah, and acting like, you know, this girl was an actual comic and asking me who the fuck I was. And I was like, but you've got her back. Why aren't you asking her who the fuck she is the same way you are me? You know, it's like... And it's so wrong when... I think, you know, if, if there's an open micer listening to this... And they're getting mad because we're just shitting on open mic. Here's the problem. When you social justice warrior and start censoring people for what they say or getting mad at them about what they say and trying to shut them down, you're infringing their freedom of speech. And we make our living off of our freedom of speech. While you're doing it as a hobby every three minutes, you know, once a week, you know, we're out there on the road saying these words. And we can't have some group rising up and saying those words aren't allowed. Especially when it's other comics. That's Espe- the most well, dangerous thing to me. Like, well, that, that's it's fine what I'm if saying. you're a, yeah, if you're a regular person and you have an opinion, like, I'll accept that you're maybe a little bit more, a little bit too sensitive for my, my show, and I get that. In that case, don't come back. You don't have to make it a deal where you're trying to get me fired from the club. If you want to, you can do that. That's your right and your choice, but you don't have to do that. You can just write my da- name well, down and it, be like, I'll never show up again. It proves you don't have much of an argument, mm-hmm. you know? If, if all you have to... You have to go after my livelihood and shut me down for everybody else to hear. Yeah. You know? Well, that's the other thing that does get me about a lot of times with these people online is they don't want to have any kind of discussion at all. It's just like, this is the way I feel. You're supposed to completely react to my feelings and not at all ask me any questions or even want to know why it is I think or what it is that entitles me to be able to police everybody else. I call it a DJ Tanner. Because mm. you, you state your point, mm. you get really mad, and then you just turn around and walk mm. out of the room, you know? <laughs> like every episode of Full House where she got pissed off. <laughs> you know, just being some DJ Tanner bitch, you know? Well, you don't even know what you're talking about because you don't know what I've gone through. <laughs> gone. You know? Oh, well, I guess, you got, I guess I don't know where she's come from, so... Yeah, and LA is just starting to calm down with that social justice warrior stuff, and now it's starting in Phoenix. So. Well, of course it is. The further you get out, you know this, you go on the road, the further you get out from LA, the farther back in time you go. And that's what I was thinking about earlier. Yeah, Kansas City, like, you know, Missouri is about in 1996 right now. So I need to go there. And <laughs> They've got Doc Martens and the myself. grunge outfit, dude. They're just getting into Pearl Jam. <laughs> 
It's great out there. It's true, and it makes sense. And that's what I was thinking about earlier today when I was thinking about Phoenix. I was like, they really are like a couple years behind if they're just going through this real. I made the mistake. I was naive enough to think that since it was Phoenix, we just weren't going to do it. You know, because Phoenix has always been very, I don't really care what you say. I'm just going to say what I want to say. So I well, thought was, we were just you know, founded s- by fucking cowboys. That's the thing. That's what I tell people all the time. We are cowboys and fugitives. We're basically the Australia of the United States. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. People used to go to Arizona to hide because nobody wanted to go through it. Yeah. Yeah. It was like you could fucking hide and people would die on their way to find you. But no, no, no. We, we need. And, you know, I'm with you on the white bitches because, you know, it's these cinnamon spice pumpkin lattes that are walking in with their you know fashionable sweaters telling you brown people listen you don't even know you sh- how much offend how offended you should be about this mm-hmm. let me help you I, and and they start raising awareness let me tell you something you fucking social justice warriors raising awareness is a shitty compromise for raising a fucking finger get out and do something you have a problem with the refugees in in Syria Fucking make a bed in your basement. Do something. They Don't would tell never. everybody else. They would never. Of course not. They're not going to do anything. They're not going to help with the homeless. Any of the causes that they supposedly care so much about, they're not going to actually be an active part of it. That's one of my biggest things with people. That's why I'm always like, just be a part. Be what it is you say you want to be. That's, why, that, that's why I love this, Bear. I love this podcast. I love your comedy. I love what you do because it's... It's just the anti-phoniness, you know? You're the fucking Holden Caulfield of comedy right now, you know? Because you, you, just, take, you just say, look, cut away the bullshit, all right? Mm-hmm. You, you, you feminists out there, you men that are pretending to be feminists, you're just trying to get laid. We all know the story. And women stop trying to get pulled into it and then getting mad when you wake up drunk when that's exactly what you came there for, you know? And... On and on and on about these complaints that you have, how it's other people's fault. Take some fucking responsibility. And it does. It, it, people get so mad at personal responsibility, though. They're just not willing to how come to you? terms with that. How it's not you? ever their fault. I, I can't mean, be nothing. held accountable for my actions. Nothing. But that's what it is. When, what I was going to ask you, what I wanted to ask you about, because I never saw the follow-up on it, um, and it's completely off-topic. That's right. I was getting preachy. I'm sorry. No, no, not at all. Um, Laugh Factory. Yeah. You did the Donald Trump impersonator contest. I did. I did. I was here about two weeks ago doing that. Was it a contest or was it just like several? Okay. Can we be real? Yeah. Yeah. No, it was a bullshit vehicle for the guy who's been doing Donald Trump since 2004 to to launch this Laugh Factory internet TV show starring Donald Trump. So... uh, they had a submission process. I threw them a video that I did at some at, at the LA Comedy Club, which I'll be headlining June 12th through the 18th at the Stratosphere. Nice. Uh, June 12th through the 18th, June ladies 12th through and the 18th, gentlemen. You can see me live. Um, I threw them a video of my Trump impersonation because I do a terrific Trump. It's tremendous, just terrific, believe me. And <laughs> they liked it, so they, they put me right in the finals. Mm-hmm. Now, they had people that were going on The View to get into the finals, so I thought, oh, wow, it's a big deal. And then when I got there, I realized they needed nine schlubs to surround this guy to make it look like a competition while they launch his, he's a fantastic Trump impersonator. He's got everything down. But he's been doing it since, you know, Trump was anything. So I think I met him, him at um, the Gold Spike Comedy Festival. Okay. Yeah, I think that he was. I he, think probably, he, was he was probably the guy with cameras following him. 
Did he have cameras? He may have had cameras. It was a huge setup, though. Yeah. Like, his whole... I mean, he had his own, like, you know, night in the main room and stuff like that. It was, and it was... He was only there for one night, you know. It was, yeah. like, the f- Thursday or something. And, you know, I, I got there. They told me they were giving us seven to ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Perfect. When I got there, they cut us down to two and a half. Uh, you know, and yeah. I'm not complaining. All right, I'm a professional. But I wasn't able to get the idea across that I was going to get across, you know, with the tags and the callbacks and the boom, boom. You know, the well-thought-out process of comedy yeah. to get to that point. So I had to cut things. And it wasn't my solid. It wasn't a solid shot, you know. Yeah, and what? so did you... Win anything, or did they give you anything? No, they, they had a they had a small stipend for traveling down there, and I got paid by the Laugh Factory. I got to post a check on Instagram. I that, saw the check, you know. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's it, I think it's it's fifty fifty for comics. I don't know if you do this, but I like to post that kind of stuff to tell people, hey, this is what I'm doing, and also to show other comics, hey, look what I'm doing. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, it's definitely. Cool. Every everybody does that. We're just getting real, you know, and so. Um, I can't be angry at it. I can't say it was a bad thing. It was great exposure. I got on CNN. I was on Inside Edition. I was on some French news channel. I was, you know, worldwide. Yeah. It got out there. My face was right there in front, standing at the podium. So. And I, what did um, San Francisco, what do, you, what do you win with San Francisco comedy competition? Is it cash or is it? Man, I had the craziest time with that. So I wasn't supposed to win. Everybody thought that Trenton Davis was going to take it. And mm-hmm. I even... I was resigned in the fact that I was probably going to get a solid second place and be okay with that. Well, the final night was at a place of piano, a place called Piano Fight in uh, San Francisco, and there was a jazz band that wanted to start at a certain time. John Fox, the producer of the event, was worried that the jazz band was going to cut into the event in the other room, the theater, and uh, and so he what he didn't make known to the host was that the host was going to be receiving the final winners of the whole event, not just for the night. Yeah, I saw all that play Watch out. The, yeah, right? yeah. So we have, we have uh, the guy up there, he's like, all right, so uh, tonight's winners is, you know, second place, Trenton Davis, and first place, a- Alex Elkin. Okay, great, we'll find out that Trenton Davis won in just a few minutes, you know. We're all stumbling around, nobody knows what's going on. So, shout out to Jim Short. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Jim Short. Yeah. When I was watching your video, I was like, is that Jim Short? Yep. <laughs> Isan Ahmad comes up to me six minutes later. Dude, you won. So he broke the news to me. Uh, Miles Weber was really congratulatory. His beautiful wife was there with me. We went out to Denny's afterwards. You know, it was so anticlimactic. There was no pictures taken. There was no, you know, fanfare. There was nothing. Mm-hmm. He wrote me a check. Congratulations. I got all the buzz on Facebook. And we went to Denny's. You know what I mean? And uh, it's all right. It's all right. Because it made me realize, you know, really, you know, people in the regular world, they don't know what the San Francisco comedy competition is or what it means or where it came from and why it is what it is and what it used to mean. And that's it just it. It still means a lot to a lot of us it, comics. It, that's right. Yeah. That's who it means something to. It, it's, you know, it's garnered a lot of respect from other comics. Bookers are answering emails that didn't answer them before. Mm-hmm. I can't complain about it. It's so a you have gotten thing. more work, or oh, you are getting work. Yeah, I mean, uh, we closed down the radio station. I don't have, you know, I, I mean, I haven't had a day job in years, but I really, I mean, things are okay now. We have cable. You know what I mean? Nice. It's, you know, yeah, and yeah. I got three kids that I'm feeding, and, and and we have a, you know, we have a nice life. Yeah. And uh, I, I really, 
I'm really appreciative of what comedy's brought me, and it really just comes down to taking responsibility, going out and doing the work, and you can't rely on anybody else. No, no. You really can't. So many people um, want to get bitter and in their feelings about who isn't helping them and who hasn't helped them. And I always feel like if anybody helps you, you're lucky for that. Be thankful. Be grateful. But don't count on it. Don't expect it because all, all it'll do is make you bitter. Even when you help somebody else out, don't expect them to help you. Because no a lot of times my help doesn't come from the people that I helped out. It comes from other people and I don't mind because it's still... For me, it's still it's all part circular. of the universe. Yeah, you put it out there; it's going to come back around to you. Yeah, this is, you know, I don't know if you want to get into the. I got into a fight with somebody over depression. You saw my post about depression is easy. Being thankful for everything is tough. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and it's garnered a lot of likes, and people are you know harding it and shit. But there's a few people that have dealt with depression that want to tell me that depression, you know, clinical depression, is a serious issue. And while maybe it is. Uh, I'm going to be blunt here. Uh, in my opinion, it's a choice. It's a choice. You know, you know I'm you, really with you. Go because ahead. Because here, here's the thing. I, I, did, I did a little research after people were calling me on it. I went and I looked at what clinical depression is. Well, all of the symptoms are completely contradictory. And if they're not contradictory, they're regular things. Like, Ty, do you, do you, ever, um, do you ever have trouble sleeping? Or do you ever sleep too much? Both every week. <laughs> no, no, I get I get the perfect amount of sleep all the time. Do you ever deal with headaches or, or do you ever you ever have problems with your head aching? Or maybe you have trouble concentrating sometimes? Yeah. Well it's, you might be a you might do you, you mean am I alive? Are you asking if I'm alive right now? Yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. I'm a fucking person and I get depressed. Here's the thing. I never said getting out of depression is easy. Mm -hmm. I said depression is easy because it is easy to lay there in your bed and say, woe is me and fuck the world and everybody's, put, everybody's fucked but me and it's their fault. That's why people got mad at me because of the same kind of thinking. And I know that this sounds crazy to say to a lot of people, but I have just taken suicide completely off the table. And I don't right? know why it's such a bad thing, even if maybe not everybody can in the end do it, but I don't see why it's such a terrible thing to just encourage people to do that, to just, in your mind, completely take it off the table. I cannot kill myself. That's just what it is. I'm not allowed. Right. <laughs> but for some reason, there's something wrong with telling people to do that. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I don't get it. How am I shaming you? How am I not accepting your feelings or acknowledging what you're going through. I'm saying, I know it gets rough. It's gotten rough for me before, mm -hmm. but I have just taken that off the table and I don't know how it is that me telling other people that that's just a strategy you might want to try to stay alive. Maybe a part of staying alive is deciding that you're not going to kill yourself. That's the big word, deciding, decision, making a decision for yourself and saying, no, I'm going to capture that thought and throw it away. You have that power. Mm -hmm. You have the power to not sit there and let yourself think thought after thought of negative shit. People, you know, like attracts like. You, you go out into the world and you're going to attract the people that are, that are your like. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? The hard workers will attract the hard workers. And the funny people attract the funny people. And, and you know, guess what, kids? The shitty people attract shitty people. Yeah. And if you're sitting here going, I'm sitting in a pile of shit, why do I stink? <laughs> Take some time to think about where you're at and get out of there. Yeah, go take a fucking shower. Start there. Start since there. you're sitting in <laughs> shit. Right. You know what I mean? Like you're just clean up after the cat. 
go fucking straighten up the living room and then go help somebody else. And I guarantee you, you'll feel better about you. Yeah. And really, that's one thing like I fully get with people like when it's like, yeah, I feel depressed, too. Sometimes I can't help that certain times I feel a little bit down. Bad things have happened in my life. Mm -hmm. My sister died at a point. You know, I have a lot of the things that people say that weighs on them that weighs on me, too. And I can't always help the way I feel. But what I can help is the fact that I get out into the world and I fake being happy <laughs> until it actually is real. You know what I mean? Okay, until yeah, just, you fake it until you make it, but you're changing yeah. your reactions and that's all you can do. Yeah, and I'm also changing, like in my head, I'm always thinking to myself, even if it's a lie, tomorrow's going to be better. And I might wake up and tomorrow might be shit again, but I you go back up, in the world and lie to myself again right. until it's just the fucking truth again. Well, how many times you wake up, you get that email you wanted, you know, you booked that gig that you wanted, mm -hmm. you know, or that joke came together or something. You know, there's always that something around the corner and the suicide thing. I'm sorry, you know, I'm using the C word, but it's fucking cowardice. It's saying, look, I can't deal. I just can't. I'm out. Yeah. When there's always, there's always some hope. Yeah, and I the, the thing that people don't get about me is I'm saying talk through all of your feelings. I'm yeah. not telling you not to feel that way or right. not to say you feel that way. Talk through all of that. Get a good friend. For a lot of people, like in my, because I don't have anything but a close circle. If I don't like right. you, you're not going to be yeah. around me. So <laughs> I can honestly say with my friends, if any one of my friends was like, hey, I really need to talk to you. I'm in a bad spot right now. Great. Let's fucking meet. Come meet me at my spot. Whatever I can do, if we have, if I'm out of town and we just have to talk on the phone all fucking night, I'll be there with you. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind at all. I know you've got kids, so your situation is a little bit different and the things that you have to take care of. But with me, I know I can definitely be there for people. But I just need you to make the decision that you're not gonna kill yourself. And I don't see what's. I'm not shaming anybody. Have no. your feelings. No, and you know I, I'm with you to a to a certain extent. I feel like for your close circle and, and the people that you know and you, re you really care about, yeah, no, I'm with you. I'd be there too. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd, I'd put the baby in the crib. Let's go talk, you know. Mm -hmm. um, what bothers me are the people on Facebook that just put these general statements out there. Listen, if you need anything ever and ever need to talk to somebody anytime, I am always here. Don't let it be the final answer. Talk to me. And I guarantee you, you call that bitch up at 2 a.m. Like, uh, what? What? No, I can't. Who is this? Did what? I say that? Wrong number. <laughs> Swipe left. I put the <laughs> Swipe left. <laughs> I put the number to the suicide hotline in the comments. I, I did it's my the, part. It's the first comment. I did my part. <laughs> I peopled. <laughs> yeah, and I that's, mean, what, like, you know, that's the phoniness. No, you're not. You know, and I'm. I'm. Uh, that's what I rail against. I think. And I've been. I tell people this all the time because I have my own. And but, you know, honestly, the more that I've changed my mindset, and I also changed my routine, and everybody's routine doesn't have to be the same. Some people can be happy, like, you know, going to the park, or that could be how they clear their head. For me personally, I've realized that it's the gym. So, like... I can see that. You look beautiful. What is that, Velvet? Thank you. No, you look gorgeous, you. man. This You're a real inspiration. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> this old thing. This old, this old body. This old six-pack shit. <laughs> I put uh, it away for the winter. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll tell you. You know, your pictures on Grinder are a good, <laughs> good indication that your six pack is not the only thing that's ripped on your body. 
I hate you so much. <laughs> yeah, but I don't. I mean, like, I think that more people need to be more proactive in accept that you can do a lot to help yourself out. Now, there are some people that are so chemically imbalanced that maybe they do need medication, you know, and I get that too. But I think the percentage of that compared to the percentage that are on meds, especially here in L.A., I get the feeling some days that everybody that's on meds shouldn't be and everybody that should be is not. Yeah, it seems to me that if you're going to, if you know that you need to be on them, you probably shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Because the people that are unaware of their looniness, uh, you know, they don't know. You know, and God, they need help. Those people need help. And let's help them. Yeah. You know, but... No, the soccer moms out there that can't deal because, you know, the husband spends too much time at quote-unquote work, you know, or whatever. That's... Too much shit going on. You need a zanny. Yeah, right? I need a zanny. Yeah. Uh, we need some wine and zannies. Come on, let's go get a pumpkin spice latte. Let's go be basic bitches. Yeah, but then they'll sit and tell you how they really, you know. And oh, those I are grew a lot up of people that... so poor, Ty. <laughs> Seriously. One time, we had to go down Alvarado Street to get tacos. It was so... <laughs> We lived near Mexicans. <laughs> we lived near Mexicans. Do you know how I feel when people tell me about I how can they only grew imagine. up yeah. in such a tough circumstance? Like, I grew up in a Mexican neighborhood. Oh, you mean what I would just call a neighborhood? A neighborhood, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get, I, yeah. But I had a friend that uh, posted that on my page, and I, I was a little bit of an asshole to her, and I like her. Her name's Stacy, and I... I'm not, I think I read it. Yeah, I'm not mad at her or whatever, but I do get annoyed when people think that, you know, living in the Mexican neighborhood is beneath you or, you know, a black neighborhood is beneath you. It's like, these are the neighborhoods that we're just expected to live in, but for some reason you feel like you're going through an extra hardship when you have to live in it. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's one of those times where you just sort of put your hand to your white head and go, please stop helping. <laughs> you know? <clears throat> So but, do you ever talk politics? Do you talk politics anymore? Or did you get tired of people? I got, no, I got tired of people. Uh, I don't do it on social media. I just can't. I can't. Um, you know, unless it's a really good joke. But you know, here's the thing, man. I've, I've, I've just tuned it out. Mm-hmm. Everybody's lying to us. Yeah. You know, from CNN to Breitbart to Fox to everybody. It's all one big, you know, whatever they want to tell you. And it's so biased. You know, I just had to tune it out. And. The problem with that is I feel really uninformed right now, you know? But how informed are we when people are lying to us? You know, (laughs) for me, it's like a TV show that I was really into, like the first season. Yes. And then now I've kind of petered out. So every once in a while, I'll peek in, you know what I mean? Take a quick look. (laughs) This administration is nothing more than Breaking Bad. I don't mind spoilers, (laughs) you know what I mean? You can can spoil me all day long, and I'll just be like, oh, okay, well... There's a little glimpse, and there's a little glimpse, and and I do feel exactly like you. Everybody's lying to us, and nobody as far, or very few regular people, me and you, day to day, um, are honest enough to admit that they're both lying to us. For some reason, people have this idea that if we had Hillary, that it would have been this whole different world. Or or this, you know, I was born a Democrat, my father was a Democrat, grandfather was a Democrat, I'll die a Democrat. If you're picking sides, you're not paying attention. Yeah, you know, it's they're not worried about us like that. That's ridiculous. (laughs) There's no, there's no team loyalty coming back at us. Yeah, it's 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 so frustrating because I didn't realize how many political experts there were uh, until Facebook came around. Nothing but yeah, everybody knows the world is full of them. Oh, they they know. (laughs) 
they know. My friend Brian Simpson has a really good joke about that. Like, um, I don't know if he does this for each city, but we were performing in San Diego. And then he was like, he was like, anytime somebody starts talking to me about politics, I'm just going to tell them they're full of shit. And if they try to dispute it, I'm like, who's the mayor of San Diego? Who, what district do you live in? Yeah. Right. <laughs> you can't answer those questions? Yeah. Then shut the fuck up. It's like when a civilian tries to come on your page the next morning after a comedy show going, your joke isn't funny. When you talked about skinny bitches, that wasn't funny. Every time I go to Reno, I wake up to an email from this same bitch. <laughs> this joke you did about skinny bitches, I deal with And she goes on and on. She goes on this diatribe about how she's been a victim of of abuse from people because of her, you know, and it's like, you know, you got a problem. That's your problem. And that's not my problem. Somebody asked me about that specifically because, you know, I work out a lot during the summer and I'll post shirtless selfies on uh, Facebook and stuff like that. Grinder. And a friend, a grinder always, uh, but, you know, year round, my body's great on grinder. <laughs> <laughs> but on Facebook, I'll, I'll post stuff like that. And I did mention at a point that, you know, people will ask me how my body is doing or, like, you know, if I have a six pack right now, people will ask me that kind of stuff. And, um, like, like, you know, I mentioned that to a friend just in conversation, and then he was like, are you at all uncomfortable with that? And I'm like, no, not at all, because I'm the one that put it out there in the first place. I'm the one that mm -hmm. makes it that way, so I can't be upset when people are like, what's the status? You know, mm -hmm. I can't suddenly be like, well, that seems kind of personal. Are you body shaming? Well, well, what were you doing when you were posting those fucking shirtless selfies? Right. Like, if you can take the accolades, <laughs> you got to take a hit when it's not. That's right. <laughs> when it ain't on point, you got to got cop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hence, I don't post topless pictures on Facebook. Uh, I don't know about you. It's such a pet peeve of mine when comics take off their fucking clothes on stage. Oh, yeah. Clothes on Write stage. Write a fucking punchline. Write a joke. Yeah. What are you doing? I'm not with the, the naked on stage. I'm just not. It's absurd. It's absurd. You know, I've, I've heard, you know, whenever you, when you're mentioned in certain circles, you love or you hate Ty Rivera. Uh, and that's good because at least you're honest about it. You know what I mean? Oh, I remember what I was going to ask you. Have you noticed now in your circles that you move around that, you're, that because you're funny, you're getting treated worse by other comedians? Oh, yeah. Okay, so that's a normal thing because I'm starting to get into this realm where... You know, I don't know. I don't want to mention their names, but a couple of comics that are, you know, they've got their Netflix specials. They're doing their thing uh -huh. about the same age as me that are just throwing me some heavy fucking shade. Oh, yeah. You know, nasty little darts that they throw at me when they when they speak to me mm -hmm. and this disrespect. And I and I wasn't sure. And I'm wondering, is it because when you start getting funny, they just become dicks or what? I think it's a little bit of. Um because I've noticed it more from the bottom end and the, the, what I get from a lot of the bigger comics that I know, they're still very supportive and encouraging of me, but that might have something to do with the fact that I'm not in direct competition with anybody because I'm gay. You know what I mean? Like most of the comics I know being straight, like they feel like we're completely di different demographics where you probably are more threatening to certain comics because you're a family man and you could end up treading on kind of where they are, their quote unquote mm. demographic, which I'm not saying that that should be valid from them. No, I'm no, just no. saying that that might be why they do it. You know, where with me, the thing that I get from a lot of comics and I 
probably will stop doing it. Is I get a lot of my more successful comic friends being like, stop arguing with open micers. Yeah. Stop talking to these You heard people. what Mark Twain said, right? You can't argue with an idiot because onlookers can't tell the difference. You know? Yeah. And, and it's... It, I want to recommend... Are you, do you read or don't... Do you like to read? Occasionally. I don't, okay, if, okay. It's a short story, and it's called Barn Burning. It's by William Faulkner. Okay. I'd like, I, I would love it if you'd read it. It, may take, it took me a couple of days. It might take a couple of days. It's just a short story. How but short? If you can find it, I don't know, maybe 75 pages. If you can find oh, it, read it. Short. If that. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. Uh, if you can find it, read it. <laughs> you know what it did? It changed my perspective on, on those open micers. Okay. Um, I don't want to give too much away, but it's about a, a, a farmhand in you know, early 1900s America that's going from town to town trying to work on farms with his family and just make a living for him by helping out farmers. Well, when he feels like he gets messed, uh, messed around with by the farmer or not paid enough or doesn't feel like he gets his dues, in the middle of the night, he'll burn their barn and then take off. It's called barn burning. And one night, it happens, and the father gets caught, and they're accusing him, and the son is watching him, and he actually, he, he doesn't have sympathy, sympathy for his dad. He's actually realizing, that, you know, these men, that he's burning these barns of, these men, they're so far above this shit. Mm-hmm. So far above. Look at, look at what you got, man. You're, you got Comedy Central credits. You know, you got a great body. You got a good look. You, you got a name for yourself. You're funny. You know, your jokes are smart. They're clever. They're not hack. What the fuck do you care what these little piddly ants down here that are poking around with their sticks and still telling their dick and fart jokes and being all hurt and offended at the open mic? You know, what do you, what do you care, man? You just build another barn. Just build another fucking barn, you know? I'm going to make a soundbite out of this and listen to it every morning. <laughs> you just Who would have thought you would just give me my actual pep talk <laughs> cuz you're beautiful no matter what they say this was totally worth it in the way that god planned it and i do appreciate you making it out today where can people find you uh you go to alex elkin that's a l e x e l k i n.com uh that'll direct you to anywhere i'm going to be it's also got my list of dates and where i'm going to be all over the country and is that also where they can find your social media, or do you even care about them finding you on social media? Uh, you know, I mean, if they want to friend me on Facebook, it's fine. But, you know, just remember what you're getting involved in. You know, don't, don't be offended. And, uh, um, but, uh, no, I'm always looking for friends on Facebook. I've only got 2,500, so I'm not even there yet. Okay. Um, but uh, I have a CD out on iTunes uh, with Uproar Records. Uh, it's called Alex Elkin Live from Las Vegas. And very soon... My self-produced one-hour comedy special that I did all on my own, Alex Elkin, Under 30, Need Not Apply, uh, is uh, coming out. It's filmed in beautiful HD, a lot of great material on it, and uh, it's just railing against these entitled millennials, these open micers, or these people that feel like they're the new guys on the job, but they get to tell us that our system doesn't work, you know? And that's who we're fighting against with that. So if, uh, if you want to take a look at that, just go to my website, and I'll tell you everything about it. Doing God's work. Hey, man. <laughs> I appreciate you, Alex Elkin. Thank you, Ty Rivera. It's an honor to be on Unbothered. It really, really is. Thanks yeah, so much. Yeah, you've now been to Casa de Bijou. Everybody, you can find me at americasfavoritefag.com or tyrivera.com or search me on Google. Put it in there any way you want to, and Google will ask if you mean me. Have a good day, everybody. <laughs>